right, well, we're just going to go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and if you're brand new to this show, this show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. And this is the first episode of 2019, and I am excited to bring this to you all. And hopefully we continue on with more and more this year. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff planned and lined up, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. And also, we're going to get into a deck tech today. Um, we're going to be doing Blue White Azorius Control for Modern because I... I have been in love with that deck. But before we begin, let's get some ads out of the way here. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by LegitMTG.com. LegitMTG is the place to buy your sealed magic cards and magic singles and magic sealed product and best place to go on the market there. If you have any order over $2 or more, you will get free shipping. That is legitmtg.com. We are also brought to you by manatraders.com. If you want to rent any decks out there on Magic Online land and you no longer really want to buy singles or anything like that, go to manatraders.com and use coupon code MTGZuby on checkout and save 15% off your first three months. That is MTGZuby, M-T-G-Z-U-B-Y. Um, another thing I have to do is I have to give a shout out to three new patrons by... Um, I should have given a shout out to one of them from last week, but by the time they became a patron, I had already recorded last week's episode and was already in the can and ready to go. And, um, so yeah, I have three new patrons, which is freaking amazing and awesome here. Uh, shout outs to Jez Golbez as exotic MTG and George Murphy for helping support the show. I appreciate it so much you all. And it really means a lot to me. i 100% sure. So with those three new patrons, I've sort of crushed the first goal for um, Patreon here. And it's $10 a month. And that is now that we've crushed that goal is I'm going to be streaming on Thursdays at 9 o'clock Eastern. Every Thursday going to be streaming um, starting at 9 o'clock Eastern for minimum an hour at least. I'm going to try, try for two hours, but you never know all depends on how life goes essentially um so yeah that's really cool another thing that is changing with magic Wazubi is the podcasting ho or podcast host i have switched over from shoutengine.com to anchor.fm which appears to have a lot better stats statistics and analytics and is able to help get this podcast out to more platforms. Um, before, when I always used to say Magic Wazoobie's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, they're still on those platforms, but it's on like five or six other different platforms, and I'd have to look at it all, and I'm not going to mention it all, but I'll try to make sure I have links in the show notes and all that for you in case you're interested, and maybe, maybe it's on a different platform that you enjoy more. Um, so that's pretty cool. I worked on, I finally finished it last week and <clears throat> I didn't want to make an announcement until this week, until this week's episode, because I wanted to give the first episode last week's episode, sort of a test run to see if I liked it or not. And the higher, I love the analytics that that's my favorite part about it. Um, so yeah, um, it's a new year and new episode and I guess if you follow me on Twitter, I want to talk about some 2019 goals for Magic with Zuby and the RPG Companion podcast. So, taking a little swig of water there. It The first set of goals that I have, at least for 
2019 for Magic Wazubi. Um, I guess I guess let's rewind here and discuss the goals that I hit last year. Okay, I found it right here, and they weren't really goals that I really set, but there were some highlights of 2018 for Magic Um, So as far as the podcast goes, we hit, this wasn't a record number of downloads, but it was a lot of downloads that we hit last year. Hold on, I'm going to bring up the exact number right now. Hold on. Because I was actually working on this last night for the stats. Because I've started to include YouTube stats as well, too, for the views. Um, so for the year total of the amount of downloads, and this does include a small number of YouTube views as well, uh, or YouTube downloads, I guess you can really consider it the same. Um, we hit over 88,000 downloads for Magic Wazubi, and that is a crazy amount. Um, it was less than the year before 2017 but that was because 2017 we were on the radio for almost a good part of the year and that was getting a crap ton of listeners back then so that's to be expected to be a drop off at least in terms of actual downloads um and then it's for whatever reason and i've been talking to other podcasters and even youtubers too it seems like there were views and downloads down across the board last year for whatever reason which i'm not sure why it 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 was a little disheartening but it's it's weird even though my downloads and views are down i feel like i'm getting more recognition than i ever have before then or before so I had over 88,000 downloads last year. Um, I was able to preview four cards for Magic the Gathering sets. They were Dominaria, Battle Bond, Commander 2018, and Guilds of Ravnica. And yes, I do have a preview card for Ravnica Allegiance, which is set to come out January 10th. And I am super excited to show that card. And all I can say about the card is it's going to be, it's a pretty sweet card. That's all I can say all i can say um i interviewed so many amazing people last year um they range from their professor to the card sphere guys um uh john dunning coach from the car bazaar johnny slivers uh kendra the maverick girl um tappy toe claws and a slew of many others um as sung um and it's it's crazy just how many people i actually interviewed and um yeah, I can't wait to interview some more people this year. I've got some people lined up. Well, I don't have anybody lined up per se. It's just I've got a list of names of people that I want to get in an interview. But, you know, those things take time. And so this is this is my thing with the show is and maybe some people are confused by it or don't like it. But I have this thing where I really, really enjoy my solo episodes. But I also get to a point where I'm like, OK, I want to interview some people, too. I know this may not be good for the actual brand and identity for Magic Wazubi. Is it an interview show? Is it a solo show? To me, it's both. All right. It's I love doing my solo episodes where I talk about a slew of topics ranging from whatever. Okay. And then I have people that I actually want to interview. The only time I do interviews is for people that I actually want to talk to. Right. It's I don't just interview everybody under the sun. It's just I if I interview you on my show, if I pick you to come on my show, it's because I genuinely want to talk to you. I, I, I'm genuinely interested in wanting to talk to you. So it's 
I don't know. I, I've, I've been thinking about that for the past couple weeks. Maybe it does hurt my show where I do both types of episodes. But you know what? It's I've been doing it for God, it's coming up three years next month in February that it's just it's just what I'm going to keep doing. And um, yeah, so I, I'm hoping to interview even more amazing people this year. Um, so last year started co-starring in an amazing Magic the Gathering sort of podcast show with my boy John Dunning. That's 10th Street Hooligans. You may have seen me on there. And then I was able to guest star two times at different Grand Prix, thanks to Channel Fireball. That was Grand Prix Dallas and Grand Prix Orlando. And I just want to thank Channel Fireball for those opportunities. And I do plan on attending three more GPs this year, minimum three. I'm definitely showing up at Magic Fest Tampa, doing my best to save up money for Magic Fest Seattle. And then I'm probably most likely going to be at Magic Fest Atlanta again. Um, I was thinking about Magic Fest Las Vegas, but God, all depends on how much money I actually spend at Seattle. But if you've heard my episodes before about me talking about Vegas when I had to go there for work, I'm not a fan of the town, but uh, we'll, we'll wait and see here. Magic Seattle, if I had to choose between Seattle or Vegas, I would definitely try for Magic Fest Seattle more than Vegas, even though I do understand Vegas is the biggest one. Yeah, I know. But it's, I'd rather go to Seattle, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, those were the highlights from last year. So what are this year's goals here? Uh, this year's goals is to try and do my best to break 100,000 downloads slash views this year. Um, I am going to count YouTube views because I'm doing something a little bit different with the YouTube channel, which I'll get into a second here. Um, preview more magic cards, which we know next week I'm going to be previewing a card from Ravnica Allegiance, which is going to be awesome. Interview more amazing people. Who those people are, I don't know yet. I mean, I do know, but you know, it. Uh, you'll see them on the podcast. Uh, try to guest star on some more magic podcasts out there. Like, hey, if you're listening and you got your own magic podcast, reach out to me. I'd love to come on and be a guest. Um, and then I'll try to grow the YouTube channel. This is going to be the year that I really want to focus on the YouTube channel. So what I'm going to end up doing is not putting full episodes of the podcast on YouTube anymore for the time being. What I'm going to be doing is I'm going to try really hard to separate certain topics and clips of the show and upload them on YouTube. You know, for instance, this week I'm going to be doing an Azorius deck tech for blue, white control and modern. That's going to be its own separate clip on YouTube. Now I'm also not going to be uploading all those videos every Friday. I'm going to be uploading them when I can. It's, I'm not going to be super, I'll try not to be super slow about it, but I'm going to do it as I can and make sure they get done right. Um, the audio portion of the podcast will always be released every Friday and I'll always make sure people know ahead of time if I'm not going to be releasing an episode that week. And so that is going to be my goal is to try to grow the YouTube channel, be better about it, essentially. Essentially what it's become last year was just sort of an upload ground for uploading a full episode and be done with it. Um, so that is for Magic Kazubi. So the 2019 goals for RPG Companion, my RPG portion of the podcast, is try to make every episode the best it can be. I'm already, I'm almost done with the script for episode three, and I'm going to be honest, since Christmas hit, I've been super lazy about it. I'm like at the very end of the script, and it's not that I 
don't I'm, I'm on writer's block or anything it's just I'm on lazy block I'm on oh my gosh have I been lazy about doing it and I'm gonna try to get it done hopefully this week and then hopefully maybe record this weekend or something and get it up there for you all um, I want to really try and preview some upcoming D&D content like I do for magic cards um, I'd love to be a part of that I, I want to try to dive a little bit more into the D&D community and like I said Magic is always going to take precedence, but I've always, always had this love for RPGs and D&D. And then I'm also working on starting a D&D live stream. It's the biggest thing I need right now is I need players. And if you know, know anybody out there, if you're interested, contact me. I am planning on wanting to do this every Monday night starting at 9 o'clock Eastern. It's I just need players. And to be honest, it's I don't want... I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be very particular about the players that I want. Um, and it's just really, I need to sit down focus and it's not so much the campaign that I'm worried about. It's more of all the other logistics because I'm not exactly sure how to stream D and D because everybody's going to be remote. So, you know, do I do a conference type call or what do I do? Th those are still things I'm trying to figure out. Um, so yeah, those are the goals for RPG Companion is I just want to make sure every episode is the best it can be and dive deeper into RPGs in general this year. That's going to be one of my goals and actually start playing D&D more. Um, there is going to be a special D&D episode of 10 Street Hooligans happening this month in January and I'm the DM for it and I am super excited. I've already got some of the story laid out. It's going to be a quick two hour one shot so I got to make it as quick as I can be. And yeah, so I'm excited about that. I don't have an exact date yet for it, but as soon as I do, I will be sure to blast it everywhere on Twitter, Instagram, and um, Facebook. Facebook, I'm trying to get better about Facebook. So yeah, I already mentioned that I'm getting a preview card next week. So there's that. And let's dive into this blue white control deck tech here. Blue white control in modern is my latest deck that I have been playing in modern um went and played it the other night and i i could only stay for one round because i had my youngest with me and she was getting tired but any but that was like the only paper magic i've played in a while but anyways besides that um blue white control i love this deck this has been my new favorite deck next to grix's delver in modern i am just in love with it so i want to do a deck tech on it and explain some of the choices and cards here um we're going to first go over the 60 cards in the main and then the 15 cards that i have chosen for the sideboard um let's first get the land out of the way um, the land is going to be pretty standard for most blue-white controls. Uh, first card on the list is Celestial Colonnade, the best creature land out of the whole cycle. Um, I never really realized how good this card was until I started, until I started playing it. Um, you turn this into a 4-4 creature with Flying and Vigilance. Insanity. So it doesn't even tap when you attack. And it makes an extremely good blocker as well, too. Um, the card has gone way down in price since it's reprinting in Ultimate Masters. And, you know, I'm glad. It used to be a $60 to $70 card. You could sometimes get lucky and get, you know, the moderately played and heavily played ones for $40 to $50. Depending if you go to GPs or not or, or wherever, you may get lucky. Um, but this is... Is this an exact four of in the deck? Now, I would argue, yes, you do need four, but if you, you could get away with two of them, 
and maybe you put in some more hallowed fountains or glacial fortresses. But having four of these is pretty important, especially in the mirror, a control mirror as well. Uh, next lands are the Field of Ruins. Um, this, I really, really underestimated this card when I first saw it. And I thought, oh no, Ghost Quarter's better. No, I kind of find this card better to be than ghost quarter even though ghost quarter doesn't need two extra lands to destroy a basic land but at least this allows you to get a basic land card out onto the battlefield for you as well as your i mean it does help your opponent as well too but sometimes you may need to get rid of a pesky tron land right um then you have four flooded strands i only run four fetches in here two glacial fortress for check lands two hallowed fountains um you may you know I, I've seen some lists run one Hallowed Fountain. I've seen some run three or four. Um, I prefer to have less multicolored lands like that because of Blood Moon out there or Spreading Seas. Well, actually, Spreading Seas wouldn't hurt you too much. Blood Moon would definitely hurt you more. Um, and then I run six islands and two planes. Like I said, I've seen some lists where they don't run any planes, but I found that to be a mistake because if they play Blood Moon and you have no planes, basic planes, you're kind of screwed at that point. Um, so let's get on to the removal package here. Uh, we've got Detention Sphere to definitely help you out if you're opponent maybe they're playing goblins right and they've just got a crap ton of goblins out oh you play one detention sphere on them and boom all those goblins are gone as well too and all or snapcasters or young pyros or whatever whatever they may be right and it's also really good for just getting rid of a really pesky big creature as well too um detention sphere is pretty cheap as well too so it's not too bad uh another good spotted or Target, targeted spot removal is Path to Exile. I mean, running for those, it's, it's you know your bread and butter spot removal for this package here. I do run one Settle the Wreckage, and I, I understand that Terminus is better, but I do like Settle the Wreckage. It's sort of a card that sometimes your opponents don't always expect, especially if they're going to go swing all in and... You know, maybe you only have one card in hand and you're down at one life and they swing all in. You're like, nope, settle the wreckage, boom, they're all gone. I, I love that card. I've loved that card ever since it's been printed in Ixalan. Then we run three Terminus. Now, some people run four Terminus. I run three because I have two other cards in here. Actually, one other card in the creature suite that I decide to run instead of four Terminus. Uh, Terminus is a... What can I say? It is the card that is going to save your butt so many times. So with its miracle cost, you can, if they're attacking into you, you can opt. And if you happen to, you know, look at this top card and it happens to be a, a terminus, you know, and you draw that card for the first time on their turn, boom, you cast it for its miracle cost. It just saved you a whole ton, a ton of life right there. Um, so that is the removal package for blue white here. Um, terminus. I underestimated that card too. So a lot of these cards I underestimated from blue white control because I'd never played the deck before. But as I play this deck more and more, I see how powerful this deck really is. Um, it doesn't always have the best matchups. I mean, every matchup is going to be a grind for the most part. Um, you may get really lucky and just control the game early on, but it's definitely one of those kind of games where you I like these kind of control decks where you really have to sit there and think, you know, what's going to be better? Do I 
remove this or counter this now or do I take the damage and you know hope for something better uh, so let's look at the counter suite here we've got three cryptic commands cryptic command has been extremely extremely good I've never played with cryptic command before besides you know the one of maybe in commander or something like that but in a modern constructed deck I never played splinter twin before when cryptic command was pretty popular in there but cryptic command in this deck is extremely good you know it allows you to choose two modes you can counter that spell and maybe draw a card or tap all your opponent's creatures and draw a card or return target permanent to its owner's hand or draw a card you're most likely going to want to be drawing a card for one of the modes for the most part all, all depends uh, logic not turned out to be surprisingly good as well too uh it's the delve counter and i mean what more can i say about this except it's super good uh then we've got negate for sometimes those non-creature spells that are pesky we've got remand for helping you with that card draw we got spell snare which is very very situational you know maybe you want to counter that snapcaster mage or that tarmogoyf or that folly is lieutenant or what have you or meddling mage right because that's a really popular one or the new lavinia as well too um so spell snare is very situational most of the time i find myself sideboarding that out because i may want to put something better in the sideboard um so yeah it's it's in there um i've been kind of playing or playing around with the thought of taking it out maybe taking spell snare and negate out putting in some mana leaks i haven't tried that yet and it may be something i try or maybe one more remand as well too that's the one thing i like with this deck is you can sort of play around with the counter package and try to fit what's better for your local meta or for that gp meta that you may be facing as well too um the creature suite uh, we're gonna we have three snapcaster mages I mean what more can be said about snapcaster mage except it is a format all-star um, in modern legacy hell even in commander it was an all-star in standard when it was legal there what more can I say about it it's such a good card uh, then we've got vendillion click which is the 3-1 flash flyer that allows you to look at your target your you know actually look at target players hand um you know i've actually used this to where maybe i played this i had a really crappy card in hand and i decided to show my hand instead and put it on the bottom of my library so i can draw a better card right maybe i had a land in hand like a dead land that wasn't going to do me any good so i put that in i don't want to look at my opponent's hand maybe because they don't have any cards in hand and i don't need to look at it right so so i can get some card draw but it's also pretty good for getting rid of a pesky card out of your opponent's hand as well too the other creatures that i have i mean they're not the exact kind of classic creatures you think of i i put it in the creature suite because they produce creatures uh the first one being secure the waste I can't tell you how many times this card has saved my butt just for producing some blockers essentially or maybe I just maybe I have the upper hand and I can poop out like three to four tokens and just start swinging on my opponent there. Uh, the other one that is surprisingly on the face of it or yeah on the face of the card it doesn't seem that great but when you actually play it it turns out to be pretty damn good because you're always going to have the first Sit the first situation happen to you most of the time. That's timely reinforcements where if you have less life than an opponent, you gain six life. And if you control fewer creatures, fewer creatures than an opponent, put three one one white soldier creature tokens onto the battlefield. Yes. 
I mean, the majority of the time you're going to have less life than them, and majority of the time you're going to have less creatures than them as well too. So this is just a helpful life gain. Yeah, I know life gain isn't always that important, but when you're playing control, excuse me, when you're playing control, it can be pretty important. So this is a very good card. I consider it part of the creature suite because. 99.9% .9 of the time it's going to produce some creatures for you. So next we get on to our card draw or cantrip section here. We've got four opt. We've got two serum visions. And, you know, what more can be said about opt and serum visions? Some very good card draw. You know, I wish we had ponder and, you know, preordain, but those are too powerful. And we, I also consider search for Ascanta part of the card draw as well, too, because it doesn't exactly draw you cards on the surface of it but it does help you dig through your deck and then on the flip side it helps you dig through your deck to find a non-creature spell aka a counter or spot removal or a board wipe or something and you know so that that card that digging through the cards definitely helps you last but not least is we're going to get into the five planeswalkers of the deck three jace the mind sculptor and two teferi hero of dominaria I know Jace the Mind Sculptor is a stronger card. It is a better card, but I like Teferi more because it's essentially a three-mana Planeswalker. Um, Jace the Mind Sculptor, what more do I have to say about this card? The ability to fate seal your opponent or even just brainstorm for yourself is so good. Um, they're the only times I've ever been able to alt Jace is playing this deck, and it is such a sweet feeling with being able to protect protect your Jace and ult him, and then your opponent just sort of scoops and says GG. Um, same with Teferi. Ulting Teferi is always fun as well, too. So that is the 60-card main board. Do you agree or disagree with that? You know, Let me know in the comments and tell me what I should add or shouldn't add or include maybe there's a card i'm missing but let's get into the 15 card sideboard here sideboard here and we first got celestial purge for one in a white exile target black or red permanent you sometimes you need to exile a blood moon right and or even a pesky black or red creature uh this is very handy against those kind of black and red decks um you know, what more can I say about that? Damping Sphere, good against Tron. Yeah, it's pretty much good against Tron. Disdainful Stroke for another counter if you know you're either the control mirror or if you're, you know your opponent is going to try to cheat in some big creatures or big spells, a.k.a. Tron. Uh, then we've got two Dispel for, I like to say, the control counter mirror or maybe the burn as well too to try to dispel those um instant spells uh engineered explosives for those kind of decks that like to go wide um maybe you want to do this against dredge or zombies or you know what have you just creature or decks that like to go wide um then we've got graph diggers cage to really beat up against dredge or you know ad nauseum or storm or anything like that um, mind break trap mainly against storm Two mind break trap i've got two rest in peace to um essentially help against Delver or Dredge. Uh, two Stony Silence against those pesky affinity decks. And last but not least, a Surgical Extraction to basically help you against any decks, especially decks that do have, that do rely on their graveyards or they just played a really powerful spell and it's in their graveyard and Surgical Extraction will help you get rid of the rest of those cards. So that is Blue-White Control Modern. Um, 
I love the deck. As I was saying before, there are there's always going to be bad matchups. Every matchup is sort of like a puzzle to me, and which is why I love this deck. It's it's not linear at all, and that is one of the things I don't really like about most top tier modern decks. Is a lot of them are extremely linear. They do their thing and they swing and kill you. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's this deck to me is figuring like trying to solve a puzzle. And you have to really be on your best play here. You have to really think ahead and try to think. You really have to know the meta, first of all. Not just the modern meta as a whole, but also your local meta as well, too. And it's one of the things I really like about this deck. And it's just a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So there you have it. There is Azorius Blue-White Control for Modern. All right. Time to get to the end of this episode, and that is the Q&A time. I'm going to really try to do my best to try to get more Q&A, some questions here. And the first one I have to do is I've got to mention Exotic MTG's Christmas uh, 31 Days giveaway. It's 31 Christmas, 31 Day Christmas giveaway. I'm completely butchering that, and I'm sorry about that. And um, so he had started last month that he was doing a giveaway once a day and holy crap that giveaway kind of blew up he introduced so many content i think a different content creator for each day in december and um i don't think it's completely ended yet i think it still has a few more days in this month and then it's gonna be done but um definitely check out his youtube channel exotic mtg just search exotic mtg at youtube and look at that so he has one of me he asked me a patreon topic here since he was one of the patreons he asked me uh, to talk about how to best pick your commander card so when you're looking at building commander slash EDH, um, you really have to ask yourself, what kind of deck do I want to build first of all? Or, or I guess, you know, th this is just more going off the cuff is one, I guess pick your favorite colors out of it. If this is your first commander deck, I'd really go with picking your favorite colors and magic and going from there. Like say you like Simic, right? You know, blue, green. And you then can go look at all the available blue-green commanders out there. Uh, the best commander being Crufix, God of Horizons. And that is the commander that it's my favorite commander. And allows you to basically build up a ton of mana. And so you can cast big stupid things. Or do really big stupid things. So the things with picking your commander card is really... Do you want your deck to even utilize the commander, right? Do you want to build a deck that completely surrounds the commander only, or do you want the deck to have your commander complement your other cards? Uh, some good examples would be, Crufix would be a good, good example. Now, you don't need Crufix out to win with that deck, but it helps out a lot with just being able to save up mana that deck that i have it built can ramp up pretty quickly and but you don't need him to win um the another commander something someone like omnath right omnath locus of or uh, oh my gosh omnath um locus oh, i think i'm getting it confused with the locus god locus of rage yeah i'm i had i was thinking about another locus god deck uh, earlier today so I had that mixed up so Omnath Locus of Rage is a kind of commander deck where you really build the deck around that commander right 
I mean, you can build it to where you don't need him, but it's kind of pointless without having that commander out. You essentially ramp up, get the commander out as early as you can, and then just start ramping up some more to build up a ton of elementals. Um, another kind of deck, um, another one that I have that really focuses around the commander would be Moldratha. I want Moldratha out so I can start playing stuff for my graveyard and keep doing more and more recursion type stuff. Uh, another deck... I guess an example of a deck that you don't need your commander really would be something like, I guess, something like, say, goblins, mono red goblins, right? Cranko. You, do, you use Cranko mob boss. You don't exactly need Cranko out in order to win with that deck, right? He definitely helps with the deck, um, and you he definitely helps you win. Um, I guess another example would be the god deck that I built when I did five color gods, you know, from Theros, was I used Corona False God. I never wanted that commander, and I only used that commander just for flavor and for the colors, right? I could have used any other five color commander, but I chose Corona for the flavor. So I guess try to really figure out how, how do you want to play? Do you want to do a sort of rampy, do big, funny, stupid stuff deck? Do you want to play a control deck? Do you want to play a mean deck? And do you want your commander to matter? If you want your commander to matter, look at the commanders that are best suited for your colors and that you can sort of build the command. You can build the deck around the commander. So that would be the best advice I could give for that. Um, the last question of the night comes from Jake Boss from the MTG Tonight Show. He asks, what 10 cards under 10 bucks should I pick up today? I had to assume, since Jake is a commander player, EDH player, I had to assume this was leaning more towards EDH. So a lot of my 10 answers lean towards EDH. And yes, at the time of me picking these cards, which was two days ago, this is January 1st, I picked them in December 30th. So as of two days ago, the total of these cards added up to $9.29, not including shipping. But I will name it off one by one here and the format that they are good in too. Uh, the first one being Chaos One. Chaos One is a card from M19 and let me just pull it up here. Chaos Wand is a three mana artifact. You pay four, tap, target opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile an instant or sorcery card. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Then put the exiled cards that weren't cast this way on the bottom of that library in a random order. This card just creates stupid fun shenanigans in Commander. I have put this in a few Commander decks where it doesn't really fit, but if you want to have some funny good times, this is the card for you for sure. And it only costs 34 cents and this is definitely a Commander card. All right, coming in at number two is Detection Tower. Detection Tower is from M19 as well and only costing you 92 cents. And I find to be pretty good not only for EDH, but for Standard as well too right now to get rid of those pesky Carnage Tyrants. So what does Detection Tower do? tower do. You can add it to add one colorless mana or you can pay one, tap it until end of turn your opponents and your and creatures your opponents control with hexproof can be the targets of spells and abilities you control as though they didn't have hexproof. So this essentially wipes your opponents creatures and your opponents 
from Hexproof, and so you can maybe do some targeted spot removal, right? Um, this is extremely good in EDH, where Hexproof is pretty common, especially if they're playing some sort of, you know, enchantment stacks deck. And this is also good in Standard, because there are a lot of Carnage Tyrants out right now, and expected to keep coming up and showing up even with Ravnica Allegiance coming out. So Detection Tower, like I said, is only 92 cents, is definitely worth picking up. Uh, next we have Frontier Siege for three and a green enchantment. As Frontier Siege enters the battlefield, choose cons or dragons. Uh, majority of time you're going to be choosing cons for this to help you gain with that to help you with that mana ramp um definitely an edh card and it is super cheap right now coming in at 23 cents uh next we have young peasy young pyromancer for one in a red whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell put a one one red elemental creature token onto the battlefield not only is this good for modern and hell even legacy um this is also pretty good for edh as well now it is pretty weak it's gonna probably die pretty quickly as soon as you play it in edh but if you manage to let it survive and maybe you're an is it or grixis type deck or even a jeskai type deck that's going to cast a lot of incense and sorceries you know you're just going to keep building up that army of elemental tokens for you and this is coming in it's went way down in price since it's been printed in ultimate masters the ultimate masters edition right now is 51 cents uh, next on our list is another card that went way down thanks to Ultimate Masters, and that is Faithless Looting. For one red, you can draw two cards, then discard two cards, and it has a flashback cost of two and a red. Uh, not only is this a pretty decent card draw card for EDH, but is also an extremely good card in Modern and an extremely good card in Popper as well. Um, get them while you can while they're this cheap. They haven't been this cheap in a while for sure. Uh, next on the list is we've got Bajuka Bog. That's a land that comes in tapped, and when it enters the battlefield, exile all cards from target player's graveyard, and you add a black to your mana pool. Um, you're playing up against an EDH player that you know loves their graveyard. Mm, Bajuka Bog tells you, nope, sorry, that your graveyard's gone. Uh, right now, that is coming in at a dollar 67 right now. It's been reprinted a few times in commander sets. Uh, I think commander uh 2004 or no 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 hold on what sets has bajuka bog been printed in uh commander third commander 2013 14 17 and 18 and i think uh, an anthology series as well too so definitely worth it i can't believe it's still a dollar 67 right now uh coming in next is arch of orzica coming in at strictly a dollar which is really good for edh and can be good for standard maybe for a control deck in standard it essentially has a send when you get the city's blessing you can pay five and tap it to draw a card and you know, especially if you're in those grindy control games, this is very handy for you in standard and also pretty handy in EDH because it's not too hard to get the city's blessing in EDH, especially, um, especially in a multiplayer pod. Uh, like I said, it's only a dollar right now. Pick up a playset. It's cheap. Uh, next, we have Kodama's Reach, which is coming in at 53 cents. It was just reprinted in Ultimate Masters. Thank you. It is a pretty much a strictly EDH card. You can it's Pay two and a green, search your library for up to two basic land cards, reveal those cards, put one on the battlefield tapped, and one into your hand, then shuffle your library. Uh, one more can be said, it is an extremely good ramp card. Definitely worth having in your EDH deck if you're playing green. Uh, next, we've got 
Detention Sphere. Detention Sphere, which I've mentioned previously or earlier in the podcast, one white and a blue. When this enters battlefield, you may exile target non-land permanent not named Detention Sphere and all other permanents with the same name as that permanent. When this leaves the battlefield, return the exile cards to the battlefield under their owner's control. Right now, it is only coming in at $1.75. Can be good in EDH, and it's also very good in Modern. Last, but certainly not least, is Burnished Heart. It is a three casting cost artifact creature. You can pay three to sack Burnish Heart, search your library for up to two basic land cards, put them on the battlefield, tap and then shelf for your library. It is a two two and it is very helpful for ramping up your deck. Um, this kind of card can be put in any EDH deck and it's only coming in at $1.99 right now. So those are my top 10 cards that are under 10 bucks total for that you need to pick up today. And once again, that is Chaos Wand, Detection Tower, Frontier Siege, Young Pyromancer, Faithless Looting, Bajukabog, Ark of Or Orzica, Kodama's Reach, Detention Sphere, and Burnished Heart. Well, there you have it for today's episode, everybody. I hope you really enjoyed it. And I just want to thank you all for listening. And thank you. If you want to help support the show, you can visit the Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwithzubi, and be sure to check out my sponsors legitmtg.com and manatraders.com and have a great night everybody. Alright, thank you. <laughs>